Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I'm sitting in my office right now. It's about five to eight on a Thursday night. I'm doing a Facebook Live with Maureen, who is another massage therapist, but she also does a hell of a lot of other things. And uh, she is hanging out. Where are you hanging out right now? In your office? This is my office at a place called Medici Media Space. Right on. And you are in St. Louis, correct? Yes. I've lived in St. Louis, Missouri since 1997. Cool, cool. So why don't we start this off here? Um, Let's tell our audience a little bit about you, how you got into massage therapy and all of the other things that you've brought in the mix and tell us how you got to where you are now. Hey, for sure. So like I mentioned, I've been in St. Louis, Missouri since 1997. I originally moved down here to go to graduate school at Washington University in St. Louis. And I ultimately in 2003 finished up school and got my PhD in biology and biomedical sciences cool. with an emphasis in immunology. Nice, nice. So that is the, that is the study of the immune system. Now, does that make me an MD? No, it does not make me an MD. But what it really helped me align into was logical thinking, hypothesis, do the research, write it up, present it, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what was it? What did you do for your undergrad? I did an undergrad in biology, so I majored in biology, graduated with honors from Loyola University in Chicago, and I also minored in chemistry and philosophy. So when did um when did massage therapy come into the mix? I know it's yeah. crazy because I hadn't it had nothing to do with anything. But I always wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up down the road of, of science. You know, originally, I loved biology. I loved learning about DNA. I loved learning about life. And, you know, the human body was moderately interesting to me because obviously I have one. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> but for me, it was more the molecular world that was intriguing and medicine and pharmacology. And ultimately, it ended up being the immune system. Long story short, I had a cousin who was diagnosed with a really strange congenital defect in the immune system. Mm -hmm. And they they didn't know why. And she was 16 when she passed away and I was 15. And so we were like super close in age. And that was my inspiration actually to get into immunology. Now, what I studied in immunology was completely, completely different. Mm -hmm. But when I was in graduate school, I I was very stressed out. I mean, I've always been like a super type A, I'm going to get everything right. Like, top of the class type of person. And I had a friend who was like, Maureen, you need to do yoga. And I was like, over my dead body, am I going to do yoga? Why? Why? Wait. Right. Now I've been a... Su- what, what about <laughs> yoga was so unappealing to you? I took my first yoga class in 1996. And so this was like my junior year of college. And I was so unaware of my body. Mm -hmm. All of the stuff that we did for an hour and a half, like literally six hours after class, I could not move. (laughs) I was so sore. I mean, which is really a big indicator that I actually had a pretty serious autoimmune disease happening. Mm. Right? Hindsight's 2020. Flash forward to around 2000. Yeah, the year 1999, 2000, my friends like Maureen, you need to do yoga. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing yoga. It's going to kill me. And she's like, you don't have to do everything. (laughs) 
And I was like, what do you mean? I don't have to do everything. Of course I have to do everything. Super type A personality. Well, it turns out that I didn't have to do everything. It was okay. It wasn't the end of the world that I didn't do everything as great as everybody else, you know? (laughs) And that was kind of my first foray into like having a beginner. Yeah. How was that for you? That must've been such a huge adjustment. Oh yeah, it was. It shifted my whole life completely. I was also doing Aikido, which is a martial art based on self-defense. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a 20th century martial art created by Morahaya Ueshiba. Uh, and that's kind of my first foray into mind-body connection. But then I ended up also doing yoga because I got good enough at Aikido that I started like running the Jumbi Taiso, the stretches before class. And I was like, okay, everybody get up and touch your toes. Big stretch up, bend over, and I didn't even come close to touching my toes. <laughs> and there I was in front of the class telling the class to touch their toes, and I couldn't touch my own toes. So that's why I started doing <laughs> yoga. <laughs> nice. I was like, I can't touch my toes. So then I ended up in Aikido, and at the point in my life, um, ended up meeting someone who was one of the students in class and we kind of hit it off and then one day he bought me a massage for my birthday at the local school the healing arts center because you can get discount student massages and so i got my first massage ever at the age of 23 and i was sick for like two weeks after oh really which you know it was like probably i had a sickness kind of developing but my immune system was in hyperdrive because of my adrenals being in hyperdrive Mm -hmm. and i relaxed enough that my my immune system said oh yeah we can take a break and then boom i ended up sick but i was like i'm never getting another massage again because it made me sick right (laughs) life is funny So, so I kept doing yoga and then I ended up being invited by my yoga teacher to take over her yoga class at Forest Park Community College, which is a local little itty bitty school. There were like 10 people in class. I was getting paid $19 an hour. I had never taken a yoga training course. She's just like, here, you're doing good in class. Go teach this class. And I said, okay, I can use the extra money. I mean, they don't pay students crap anyway. Pardon my French, but um, they don't pay students much of anything. And I needed the money. So I started teaching yoga. And then she came back from California and had taken Saul David Ray's Thai massage course. Mm -hmm. So again, this is around like 2001, 2002, 2003. It It was around in there. So she comes back and she's my yoga teacher and I'm taking a course with her. And she's like, here, I want to do this thing to you being Thai massage. And I was like, well, what do you need me to do? And she's like, well, you don't have to take your clothes off. Just wear something comfortable. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And she made my body do things that like me trying to do that in a regular yoga class would never, Mm -hmm. would never happen. And she got my feet to touch my head and she got all of these things to move that like I would try to do in yoga class that I couldn't do on my own, either because of painful restriction or fear. Right. And that was it. I fell in love with the idea of what Thai massage was. And I love the fact that you don't have to take your clothes off and you don't have to touch a person's skin directly, mm-hmm. you know, maybe hands and feet. Yeah, because we do a lot of work with hands and feet. But in general, no rubbing, no squeezing. And I was like, all right. So then this is what happened. She's like, here's my manual. You learn how to do this and you find clients. Wow. And I was like, okay. 
So, you know, <laughs> just, just going with the flow. Like at that point, I don't even think there was massage law in Missouri okay. yet. So this was long enough ago that massage wasn't regulated. And if it was, it wasn't like common knowledge. And I didn't even think I was doing massage. I thought I was doing like Thai yoga therapy. Yeah. Like it's not massage. It's so completely different. But I fell in love with it. And I ended up finding two clients that I worked with for about six months. And like, it was a phenomenal experience for me to learn how to connect with people in that way. And then reality set in and I was broke. <laughs> I was I was actually broker than broke. I had like, you know, $25,000 in credit card debt and like $15,000 of student loans. And the reality was that I was using credit cards to pay off credit cards right. and I was in a downward financial spiral. So then instead of staying in health and wellness, I ended up going to use my PhD in the realm of biotechnology sales. Hmm. Tell me about that. I worked in labs for nine and a half years. And as a PhD, you can enter into a unique strata in sales where it's highly technical sales. Mm -hmm. I've started working for a company that was based in California. I worked as the Midwest Territory representative. I moved back to the Chicago area, which is where I'm from. Lived there for three and a half years, traveled around. I had a six state territory. Uh, went to Minnesota and Iowa and of course, Illinois, Wisconsin, Missouri, and then Arkansas, but they're like, yeah, don't really go to Arkansas. So I didn't. Even though I will tell you, Arkansas is a beautiful state. You got the ancient mountains there. You got crystals. You got all sorts of good nice. stuff. Hiking. Yeah. It's it's just springs. It's so beautiful. Arkansas is beautiful. I, I kind of wish I, I would have spent more time in Arkansas. Mm. Nonetheless, I did one job, my first job in biotech for three and a half years. And basically, I was technical sales. But for that company, I had 16 different product lines, some of which I was not as expert in. So I just went and picked like five products and I sold the heck out of them. Mm -hmm. I was number one in the company. And then at the time I was dating a musician. So I ended up buying a guitar and teaching myself how to play guitar and then writing like parody songs like Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah with some like three, four chord songs. And then it was all about the products that I sold for this company called Clone Tech. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that entertained me because I spent a lot of time in cars and I spent a lot of time on airplanes and you know, you just start thinking of stuff and you got to get it out when you're feeling creative. Were you, were you happy um, doing that job? So, uh, I got burnt out real fast. Yeah. I got burnt out real fast. Yeah. Because I had given up teaching yoga at that point. Cause I was just so all over the place again, type a, not really knowing when to stop. Mm -hmm. So after three and a half years, there was like, I had out achieved what I would be able to do myself in my territory. And I asked them to split my territory and they said no. And so I quit. Mm. And then I was jobless for 10 months. Was it a liberating feeling to quit? It was the first time in my life that I had not had plans for the summer. Let's just say mm -hmm. that. So I quit in January of 2010. I went to India. I basically put everything into storage. I'm like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> but I did, obviously. I did. I'm like, I'm never coming Coming back, I was just going on like this massive spiritual journey. Ended up in India, ended up in Sri Lanka, mm -hmm. ended up in China, ended up in Hong Kong. 
And then on Mother's Day 2010 is when I arrived back home at O'Hare Airport. My mom, like, bawling her eyes out, like, oh, my gosh, you're all still alive. How long? It was, like, the longest time she hadn't seen me. How long me. were you gone for? It was a it was a three-month trip. Nice, nice. It was amazing. Yeah, I wish I could do it again. But, you know, it takes planning to do that stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just, I wasn't working. I went to an Ayurveda center in Thai, in um, India and received the treatment known as Panchakarma. Mm-hmm. Panchakarma is a whole other story, which you ever, if you ever want to have me back on and talk about the process, I'm willing to. It was very interesting what happened. I'll just say that. Um, so then I end up in Sri Lanka and then I end up in China and I'm interviewing in China for a job offer to be like director of sales of a Chinese based company. A friend of mine ran it and was like, Maureen, you'd be perfect for this. So I go and interview in China. They paid for my trip. I ate the weirdest food <laughs> and, and did a cruise, did a cruise on the Black River, which is indeed black. Yep. Um, and the sky was black as well. You know, you look like two, three buildings back from the coastline of the river and it's just, Mm. that's how the air was back in 2010. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, um, I got the job, but they kept delaying my start date. And I was like, what's going on here, guys? You know, like I need some money because I can't, I don't have that much savings. And turns out I ended up getting a call for another job from a headhunter. So I went back to work in October of 2010, working for a larger company, but a small division of a large company. Did that for three years. I had made my plans to save intensely. Um, so I lived in a teeny tiny little apartment. I paid like 470 US dollars a month to basically live in a little closet, <laughs> you know, where I had a bed, a shower, a little itty bitty kitchen and like three suitcases, which were continually packed with different types of clothing when I wasn't washing clothes. <laughs> so you went back to living like a college I kid. <laughs> I went to that. I went back to living like a college kid, but eating on the company mm. dime. So I probably had the biggest expense account in that company. And I can, I cannot believe what they let me get away with, but Hey, I was making my growth target. So what, what were they going to say? Exactly. You yeah, know? yeah. They weren't going to tell me to, and it isn't like I was being unreasonable with my expenditures. I was just spending a lot of time on the road because at that point in my life, um, there wasn't much keeping me in St. Right. Louis because I had moved back to St. Louis at the time. I had some friends and some dance classes I would go to, but it's, you know, I was just everywhere. So after three years, I got burnt out Mm -hmm. again. But at this point, I ended up having some decent savings in the bank and I I was ready to go back to school and be back in health and wellness. I was having a conversation with my my boyfriend at the time and he's like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I want to be a Thai yoga therapist. Yeah. And he's like, what's that? And I said, well, you bend people and stretch people all over the place and it gives them a lot of energy and it makes them feel really, really good. And he's like, well, why don't you do that? But it was like a lot of programming about like my parents accepting me because after a after after having a job making, yeah. you know, 150 plus thousand dollars a year plus benefits and 401k yep. and travel and la la la, like it was ridiculous how much money I was yep. making, like when I counted everything, but it was so not satisfying personally. Mm-hmm. And immediately I had enrolled to go to um, Chuck Duff's Thai school up in Evanston, Illinois. I had been in his program before. I actually took a Soma Veda Thai yoga therapy class 
in 2006. Mm. So I ended up getting a certification, but then I didn't really get a chance to use it because I had jumped into sales. Right, right. Going back to your parents, what what did they say to you when you brought when you brought <laughs> this up to them? Because I like your folks are from a generation that is that is different, right? It's it's about get yeah. your job, work hard, uh, spend all your time at a place, and retire. And you seem to be on that track yeah. of you know type A personality, working really hard, making some good coin, and then to say. Um, guys, it's not making me happy. I'm not doing the same way. They must have been like, what, what the hell are you talking about? Well, yeah, it was kind of split between my parents. Um, my mom was like, I just want you to be happy. And my dad was, are you a damn yeah. Ultimately, my dad did end up accepting what I do because I'll admit, like I spent seven and a half years in sales on the road. And if you learn how to sell, you can sell anything. Mm-hmm. That is very true. And so what and so what I do now is sell my work and I sell my school because I also run classes to teach people to do what I do. And I'll tell you, I am not making $150,000 a year, but I am making a comfortable enough mm-hmm. living and I get to travel. And I don't work 50 weeks a year, you know, I work much less than 50 weeks a year, but it's in spurts, you know, but I can take vacation whenever I want. And it isn't because I'm relying on someone else's income. Mm -hmm. It's because I rely on my own income and my own business acumen and my, my goals and my achievements. Right on. That's such a big thing is to find what you're really passionate about. And if you can, if you can turn that into a living, then that's gold right there. It's not about the stuff. It's not about having all the things. And I I don't know. I, I just come from that place too. I mean, there was a point where I was teaching in a school. I had been teaching there for eight years, growingly unhappy. Maybe the last three was just murder. And I came home one day and I was just like, I got to quit. And my wife's like, what do you mean you have to quit? And I'm like, I'm not happy doing this at all. And I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mind if I keep this going. So she's like, okay, well, if you got to do what you got to do, then go for it. And I just, I went in the next day and I'm like, I'm out of here guys. This is my last week. So yeah, I totally get it. That's what I did too. I tried to go out as classy as possible from my second job. I'm like, but I honestly, what happened, you know, I had been on the road. I'd given the same presentation, like 500 times, no Mm -hmm. joke. And I started giving the presentation and I was like, and here at, and I blanked at where I was at. I turned and looked at the audience. It was just a few people in the room. I was at Procter and Gamble Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh wow, this is, this is kind of messed up. (laughs) So I had, I still had another like four days of work that week because there was a big weekend conference that I had to do like a discovery conference in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of my coworkers and I'm like, I, I need to talk to you like this. This is bad. And she's just like, yeah, it sounds to me like you need to quit. But then my managers were like, but then my managers were like, uh, yeah, you can't quit. You need to stay to the end of the year. I'm like, listen, if I stay to the end of the year, I will seriously lose my mind. And I, I'm done, you know? So I gave them my two weeks notice, and then I was out. And then I didn't know what I was going to do with my life because I had forgotten what I wanted to do with Mm. my life. And then the whole conversation about Thai yoga therapy and then immediately going back to Chicago and then being told that in order to work legally in the state of Missouri, 
I needed to get a massage license. So tell me about uh, you in massage school, because that must have been something really different coming from your PhD to, I don't know, what, what is it in Missouri or what is it in the States generally? I, I, I believe it's anywhere between five. LMT. It's an LMT, right? But the education, anywhere between 500 and 700 oh. or 800 hours or something like that? It depends on the okay. state. You know, some states I think require a thousand hours now. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like one of the main massage programs in Colorado is a 1200 hour program. Oh, cool, cool, period. cool. Yeah. But in Missouri, it was 600 hours. 150 of that was anatomy and physiology. Right. So how, how, how did school go for you? How did massage school go for you? Oh, I mean, I was top of my class. Were you bored with it or were you completely fascinated oh, no. by it? Oh, no, 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 no. I was fascinated. I wasn't bored at all. I mean, I worked hard. I studied, you know, mm-hmm. I was diligent. My biggest thing that I had to get over, though, was like touching people's skin and oil and rubbing and sheets and draping. And I was having panic attacks. So I ended up meeting someone who helped me like find the origin of this difficulty that I was having touching people. Mm -hmm. And that woman practiced something called EFT, emotional freedom technique. Tell me about this. Well, emotional freedom technique is also called tapping. Okay. And tapping is really gaining popularity here in the U.S. It's been around for over 25 years. Mm -hmm. And a person named Gary Craig really brought it to the forefront and started working with counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, people who were suffering from serious mental debilitation, fears and phobias, anxiety, depression, um, quitting smoking, other cravings, things that like that. I mean, the only reason why I can talk to you today as a licensed massage therapist is because we were able to find the original memory that brought a lot of shame to me touching a person who was naked. Are you open to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So no matter what happens in a person's life, we are a product of all of our both positive and negative experiences. Mm -hmm. And as a lot of people in the, I don't want to call it the healing industry because people heal themselves, you know, like I'm just a conduit for energy and attention and consciousness so that a person can get to know themselves a little bit better and either make little strides or big strides in their healing process. Mm And, you know, I was I was touched inappropriately as a child and all of that shame surrounding sex Mm -hmm. and touching a human body therapeutically was just it wasn't computer. Right, right. So here I am in class having panic attacks and I'm like, I don't want to drop out of school. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be a Thai yoga therapist. And if this is what I need to do in order to become a Thai yoga therapist, I'm going to do it. And while you were in school, you didn't really put the two together. It was the EFT therapist that helped me put that together. And then the EFT therapist, we go through this very simple algorithm, which stimulates the meridians, Mm -hmm. which of course, massage therapists aren't supposed to believe that meridians exist. (laughs) However, through this work, I know that they exist. And I also know that I was able to clear not just that shame mm-hmm. surrounding touching a naked human but so many other things that was really holding me back from being who I am today which of course I'm not perfect uh I don't think there is really such a thing as perfection but compared to 
five years ago, when I first started this journey, being a hands-on body worker, healer, therapist, whatever you want to call it, like if EFT did not exist, like I would not be here. Mm -hmm. It gave me the confidence to open up my own school. It gave me the confidence to be on be in business on my own, you know. And now it's funny because as I reach my next level of desired expansion, mm -hmm. it's all about working through those blocks so that you can bring the abundance and you can bring the next level of responsibility and being okay with responsibility. And it's like I want to keep it simple because I'm like very Buddhist in nature. You know, it's not about the accolades. It's not about the money. It's 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 really just about helping people. But like, how do I take it to the next level and expand and do what I wanted to do? And like my my first goal when I started being a massage therapist really was I want to create an army of healers. Mm -hmm. People who sincerely have a desire to want to help others, who have the heart for it, maybe need a little bit of help with business and stuff like that. But like, that's where I am right now. And so it's just this big nebulous <laughs> thing in my mind. And I'm not good sometimes with structuring my thoughts, believe it or not. Um, organization is difficult for me. I am maybe what you would consider a typical massage therapist. And I hate saying stereotypical, but like organization and computers are not really my mm -hmm. thing. After doing it for so long and forcing myself into a certain structure, I'm like, I'm done. But I'm, I can't be done, you know, because I still have so much more to right do. Right on, right on. So let's, let's pick this back up. Then you uh, finish massage therapy school. And then where, where does this take you next? I actually finished massage therapy school after taking a 10 week break. So after my first three sessions of massage school, which is three 10 week segments, I deferred mm -hmm. the winter so that I could go down to Florida and study at the Soma Veda College of Natural Medicine with Dr. James Achan. And it was so mind blowing that by the end of my first 200 hour program down there, I had signed up to become a teacher. Mm, what was mind blowing about and it? Because it's not just about the hands on work. It's about talking to people about food. And you know, like you got people with chronic inflammation coming on your table, and they come in like once a week, or here I'm in pain, or here I need the spot treatment. And it's the same thing over and over again. And it never really gets any better. Mm -hmm. You got to take a look at what's going on a little bit deeper inside of them but i was frustrated because like i've known about telling people about food in the past because i'm also a certified yoga teacher right and when you're not licensed you can talk about whatever you want to talk about like hey here your muscles hurt take this magnesium hey you know you should be drinking green smoothies instead of eating mcdonald's and you know stuff like that but as a licensed massage therapist here in the united states i'm not like legally covered to say stuff like that to people it's out of scope of practice right right and that was so frustrating to me so being down at the soma veda college of natural medicine allowed me to become a lay minister. Hmm. So what I do now is considered religious therapeutics. And ancient religious therapeutics in Thailand was not just about here, touch my physical body. It was all about, okay, we are going to be feeding you this to balance your body, mind, and spirit. You are no longer going to be allowed to be on the computer for 15 hours a day hmm. because your mind is being sucked away. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about getting to really deeply know the person's traumas. Like why is a person a workaholic? Like a person is generally a workaholic because they had a really hard time connecting with people at a young age. And so then they 
just learn how to connect with their work and draw joy and achievement through work instead of connection with others. Mm-hmm. So you can talk to people about that stuff. And then you start identifying negative emotional patterns. And then as a Soma Veda therapist, I also do tapping on with my clients hmm. and it's and it's run the gamut of a whole bunch of stuff like oh i have this sugar addiction or oh i want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning but when i was a kid my mom programmed me to hate getting up in the morning because she was like nagging me to get up in the morning or oh i want to quit smoking or oh i really need to um move forward because this really bad thing happened to me when i was in afghanistan and I haven't slept for 15 years. It runs the gamut. Yeah. Like they say, just use EFT on everything because you never know if it's going to work or not. And it only takes a minute to do so it. So tell, tell, me, tell me how it works. I want to know how this tapping works. So a basic demonstration of tapping is you create a target statement. So for example, if you have intense cravings for chocolate, yeah. like, like it's a serious problem and you have to eat it every day. And like, if you don't have it now, you become like really angry, right? So it starts with rubbing soft spot. So this is where like lymphatic drainage happens. And it's like, even though I have this intense craving for chocolate, I deeply and completely accept myself. Hmm. And then you, and then you say that three times. Okay which like creates this affirmation in the mind yep. and then you start tapping on the meridians and uh dr callahan created this really elegant algorithm where you start at the inner eye yeah. and you tap like four to seven taps and you say this craving and then you go to the next point which is the outer eye and you tap there and you say this craving and then there's more points going down the face and you say this craving, this craving, this craving, this craving, this craving. Yeah. And then there's points on the hands. There's points, other parts of the body. And then you do this really ridiculous series of movements while tapping this place right here. It's called the gamut point. Okay. And you do a gamut of things and you hum and you count and you hum, you close your eyes, you move them around in different directions. And then you go back through the face and the hand, and then that's one round of tapping. And so if a person has emotional attachment to something like a fear or this craving, and it's like a level eight out of 10, okay. you know, cause we deal on emotional pain levels as opposed to just physical pain levels. Yep. So through one round of tapping, it might go down to a five, <sighs> which is still, which is still substantial. And so then you say, even though I have this remaining craving, I deeply and completely accept myself. You say that three times, you go back through the whole algorithm again, mm-hmm. which takes literally a minute once you get mastery of it. And then from a five, maybe you go down to like a two. Now, the problem is most people will stop at a two because they're like, nah, I'm fine. You know, right. but really in order to like consistently, completely forever and ever, amen, getting rid of that chocolate craving you need to get it down to a zero. Like you could care less that chocolate exists on this planet and you don't even like the taste of it anymore. So trippy to me. It is phenomenal. So anyway, that's what they teach at the Soma Veda College of Natural Medicine. And that's what makes our therapeutic day programs so powerful is that not only are we stimulating the body's energy system through the hands-on work over the course of seven different days, Mm -hmm. We offer seven different sessions, completely different sessions over seven different days. We recommend to the client that they come at least once a week, but if they want to get even better results, they can come two or three times Mm -hmm. a week. You get them to pay in advance for their therapeutic day program and you have 
at least seven guaranteed appointments. I'm I'm still. And you charge as much or as little as you want. That's insane. You're still on the tapping. I I still am on the tapping because like, uh, like yeah. with the tapping, you. I almost need the buy-in, don't I? If I'm fighting or if I'm not open to it or I have negative expectations of it, it's probably not going to work out, is it? That's not true. Really? I have worked with skeptics. Wow. I have worked with skeptics and it works. I'm like, just listen. I don't care if you believe mm -hmm. in this, just do it. And then we just go down and monitor and, you know, I take my notes and, you know, I show them. I'm like, this is exactly what happened. You went down from an eight to a zero in like 15 minutes. Wow. Does it go away permanently once you're a zero? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe a person needs to work on something for longer periods of time, depending on how many aspects to that particular issue. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Roger Callahan and uh, Gary Craig, it's the gold standard tapping. And if you go to www.emofree.com, www.emofree.com, that is one of the resources. If you go on YouTube and type in tapping or EFT yeah. and PTSD and trauma, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of hours of videos online now huh. i'm gonna check that out it's amazing right on so yeah, sorry so yeah anyway. let's let's get back to because i got i got zoned into <laughs> it for a second there. through the practice of soma veda traditional and indigenous therapies like it's really what nature intended a system of healing to be mm -hmm. which is mind body spirit it's all about bringing consciousness attention breath energy and the, really the least important thing is pressure. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I love about practicing Thai is that I use my whole body, elbows, knees. I sit on people. I lean on people. I'll use my thumbs for specific pressure as well because there's a lot of point work yeah. as well in the Southern style. I walk on people. You know, I, I turn them and contort them into positions they have no idea what I'm doing. All I know is that I do not work beyond my own personal capacity ever. Like, I never have clients say, give me more pressure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because, because the points that I find along the send lines, so those are the like equivalent of meridians in Thai medicine are the send or energy lines. Mm -hmm. And when I push on these lines, depending on whether or not their channels are clogged, i.e. pain happens, they're like, how do you know where it hurts? Mm -hmm. And I don't really know because the whole treatment that I do in Soma Veda is also an assessment. <sighs> and that's how all of the treatments are traditionally done in Thai. Like part of it is like there's this little routine that we do in Soma Veda because we really don't know what's going on in our clients. Right. Like a lot of times they don't even know what's going on in them. Like they're like, hey, I'm fine. I feel good today. And then all of a sudden you're digging a knot in their back and they're like, what the heck is that? <laughs> the only difference is, is that we do that through the whole body, but in a very sophisticated, simple way that yes, does require a little bit of conditioning, you know, physical conditioning in order to move without sweating your butt off all day. Uh, but once you get conditioned, like you can easily work six, seven, eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. You pace yourself. You stay with your breath. Like I, I joke, yeah, I'm doing Thai yoga on my clients, but I'm doing yoga all day. Connection of mind, body, spirit, meditation, 
all day. Like it is the thing that like puts me in my happy place. And you know, sometimes do I get frustrated at my clients if they just want to talk the whole time? Like I just let that go. You know, sometimes I'll just be like, "Mm, time to be quiet, time to be quiet, you know? And sometimes I just let them talk. And because I've been doing this work for so long and I follow a pattern of movement, it's called a vinyasa. When I feel certain lines are, cl- are clogged because I can feel the tension in the muscles, mm-hmm. I will maybe insert one or two other moves into the pattern. And I don't necessarily do that on the second side. Like if I'm working the left leg and their hamstring is like, bing, I'll work the hamstring a little bit more, usually with foot mm-hmm. pressure, because that's the most efficient and effective way to do it. And then, you know, on the other side, maybe I'm doing the same kind of position and I do some pushing and I don't feel that same kind of tension. I don't do it as much. I move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what fascinates me the most right now? And I'm and I'm really curious. Would your old science university self, what would that person think of the work that you're doing now? I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Hmm. When did you make when did but you make that switch? It, when did you make that switch? Because that's a big freaking switch. That's night and day switch. Yeah. So so what happened when I started doing yoga is that um, my energy system started realigning. And, you know, whether or not you want to believe in chakras, I believe that they exist and they started opening up and then my soul started talking to me and I was an atheist for a very long time until I was 24 years old and I'd given up on religion. I'd given up on God. I'd given up on faith. I was like, none of this stuff exists, whatever. I'm going to prove Mm -hmm. it because I'm going to be a scientist. Mm -hmm. And then I started to, I did the yoga. I had this awakening moment. And then back in 2002, I had gotten a message and it was like, you know, we get the little messages here and there, like walk down this street. Don't walk down that one. You know, this was like, Maureen, you need to put East and West Mm -hmm. together. And I'm like, what does that mean? And so I definitely appreciate the education that I've had because I can go into a journal article and read it and understand it. And maybe I don't understand everything, you know, like every single chemical that they're talking about. But, you know, I know how to cross reference and I took organic chemistry and, you know, I can talk it when I want. Mm -hmm. But then there's the whole other aspect of what a human is. And a human is not just a bunch of chemicals. Mm -hmm. They're not just DNA and protein. They're a summation of their biology, their physiology, and their environment and their experiences. Yes, definitely. And medicine nowadays, Western medicine doesn't even really deal with environment and personal experience. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to run these tests. Oh, your cholesterol is high. Okay, here's this pill. Right. Doesn't even take into account psychological factors, socioeconomic factors, social factors, and so on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like what you all have going on in Canada is like so much more superior than what we have here in the United States. I don't know all the subtleties because I don't live there. But, you know, I have a friend who is an American who is living in Canada now and is like always posting about how much better the Canadian medical system is. (laughs) Plus, you get massage therapy like you all have to have something like 3000 hours to be like a registered massage therapist, right? Yeah. So um, every province is a little different, but most of them hover around the 2200 hours. Uh, Some, I think, are at the 3000 hours. But yeah, it's, 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 it's quite a bit of education. Yeah, well. What I offer here in St. Louis is a 164-hour program. It starts with level one, Mm -hmm. 
which is 17 hours and, and offers continuing education units, the NCBT. Okay. I don't know. You guys probably have a different registered, registered system in yeah. Canada, but, um, and then level two is 48 hours of CEUs, mm -hmm. even though it's a 64 hour course, because we do a lot of the EFT training. And also there's a lot of pertinent documentaries about, Hey, wake up. Mm -hmm. If you're drinking Diet Coke every day, you're probably not doing something good for yourself. And here's the reason why. And here are all these people who have been able to attribute their illnesses, chronic illnesses to aspartame consumption. Mm -hmm. Just just one example. Okay. Don't drink diet soda. It's terrible. All right. Then if the person is like, hey, this is great. I want to keep going. Then with my school, they have the option to do the more advanced levels in one big chunk. It's like another 90 hours of schooling. Right on. Some people just come for the hands-on stuff. They just want to learn the Soma Veda Vinyasa and learn about the seven-day program. They don't want to do the EFT moving forward. That's fine. But if they do want to and they want to finish it all, it finishes up with a big chunk of Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, Thai theory, Sen lines, and then uh, they learn some table work, some chair work. They learn multiple partner work. <laughs> and then they graduate. Yeah. And then they can work legally anywhere in the United States. And yes, it also works for Canada. Right on. Actually, I'm curious as to have you had any hardcore science students roll into your school? I've had a clinical psychologist finish my program, you know, but he was open-minded and he's open-minded to healing. He got super into Deepak Chopra several years ago for his own personal fixing his brain, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, most of the people, they're just kind of open. Yeah, they're, I dig it. I totally dig it. There's nothing wrong with the hardcore. There's nothing wrong with the hardcore science. All I can tell you is that getting bogged down in minutia mm. can take you away from more important things in life. I agree with you. Right on. So let's let's uh, let's tell our audience how they can get in touch. Yeah, thank you. So I have one website right now it is www.totalharmony.com and that has information both about my programs as well as my school but pretty soon i'm going to have my launched specific school website which is www.totalharmonyschool.com excellent my american phone number is 314-325-9247 and again, I work in St. Louis, Missouri. And if you happen to be traveling through what they used to consider flyover country, there's a lot of stuff to do in St. Louis. There's some pretty bad reputation about St. Louis having a lot of crime. It's this weird bias because of the per capita, because our city is so small mm -hmm. compared to the surrounding areas, which we call the county. Right. So like the number of murders per capita, it's like always number one, number two in the United States. But literally, if you expand it to include also the surrounding areas, which are gentrified and safe. Yep. Um, then we go, we go way, 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 way down. So it's just this weird thing that's happened in St. Louis. Yeah, skewed numbers. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Right on. Well, thanks for hanging. This was really interesting. I definitely want to have you back on. I'm still, I'm, I'm going to Google tapping as soon as <laughs> we're off of this. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. I'm interested. I'm, I, I, I don't know if I've got a buy-in, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm open and I'm interested to see what it's all about. That's for sure. All you have to do is practice it and it works. Well, I mean, you seem to be a very well put together, happy person now. 
And um, I, I don't, I don't know if that's what it was like before, but something's gone well for you here. You seem to be very grounded and at peace with yourself. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, I mean, there's always some things I'm not gonna lie that like will trigger me, and then I'm like, where in the world is that coming from? You know, and it, it, certain things, and then you just gotta wipe it clean and. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. Right on, right on. Well, thanks again for hanging. This has been great. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. All right. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace.